Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Exploring the Lord of the Rings. This is session number 236, uh, and I am delighted to be with you here this evening. Tonight, um, we're going to talk about the, the beginning of the ominous mysteries that we see in Holland. Um, this, this whole section, from Aragorn's warning that we're going to uh, be looking at here this evening, um, through there's several passages between here and when we get into Moria, that are kind of low-key some of the passages I've been looking forward to talking about with you guys most for a long time. I say low-key because it's not like most of these passages are probably very few people's favorite passages. Like I, I don't think they make very many people's lists of like, you know, passages that they want to have cross-stitched up in a, uh, you know, and framed on their wall. But, um, but they're really interesting. And what I, the reason I've been so looking forward to discussing them with you is that, um. There's a, a several things here that I'm really just I'm not sure that I know what they're talking about. Um, so I've really been looking forward to going through them uh, uh, with you guys. So, but first I have a bunch of announcements because let's be frank, there's a whole lot of things <laughs> happening right now. Uh, for those of you who are listening asynchronously, um, it is currently in real time to like two days before the Rings of Power show, the first episode of the Rings of Power show drops. Um, so there's been a lot of discussion um, and uh, there's a lot of things happening. So let me let me kind of review briefly. Um, what's happening. So, of course, our Rings and Realms show um, that Maggie Park and I are doing, um, our analysis show, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. I, just, I can't wait for this whole season. I've got so many things I'm ready already to talk about for uh, our first regular episode, the episode in which we were, we're going to analyze episodes one and two, which is, of course, going to be a big, fat double episode because it's two episodes of the show. Um, but um, uh, anyway, so we're... Um, uh, our first... The, well, episode zero, like our introductory episode prior to the launch of the show and before either Maggie or I had seen any of it, um, is, uh, we, you know, so we, we recorded that before we saw the, the, the early screening, but, um, that's going to drop tomorrow on the 31st. So you can see tomorrow evening, or maybe I think tomorrow afternoon, actually, uh, the first episode of Rings and Realms. Uh, and then we're going to be recording the next episode, which we'll release next week. So remember the, the plan for Rings and Realms, it's not a reaction show. Um, it's not a place where you go for first reactions. It's a place where you go for analysis. So that's where I'm going to be doing a lot of deep dives um, or some, you know, some thoughtful discussion of the of the shape of the story itself. I'm going to be trying to follow my own advice uh, that I, uh, you know, have given many times, which is first think about the ad the adapted story, the retelling itself. Make sure that you're that you're understanding it as well as you can on its own ground and what it is doing as a story. Then you're in a position to compare it with the source material and what's going on there. Um, so anyway, so that's um, uh, that's where we're um, that's what we're focused on in Rings and Realms. So the Rings and Realms show is going to be dropping not right away. You know, we're not trying to compete with anybody uh, to you know get the first show out. We're trying to get the last show out actually. Um, so this is generally going to be dropping Wednesday nights, maybe Thursdays. Uh, you know, early on Thursdays. 
um, during the whole uh, run uh, of the Rings of Power season one, um, so that you can, after having had a week to reflect and think through the episodes that we will have seen since Thursday night or Friday morning, um, then we will um, then you get a chance to to kind of think it through a little in a little bit more detail and do some do some deep analysis. So. That's the plan for Rings and Realms, and I'm excited about that. I did want to let people know that Maggie and I are going to continue doing Other Minds and Hands as well, mostly because, of course, the one downside to Rings and Realms is that it's pre-recorded, so we don't have any opportunity to interact with folks during that. So we wanted to make sure that we kept doing Other Minds and Hands, um, primarily in order to make sure that we have an avenue through which we can uh, interact with people uh, and answer questions and, and, and kind of have more open discussion with people. There is a chance that we're going to have some guests on Other Minds and Hands as well. Um, uh, some guests from the uh, production, uh, from the Rings of Power production. Um, I was talking on Twitter today that we're definitely, um, I've been in discussions with uh, uh, Bear McCreary's folks uh, to talk about, to talk with Bear McCreary on Other Minds and Hands. That's going to happen sometime in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're trying to figure out the schedule uh, still. So date TBA, but that's that, that's going to happen. Um, and uh, looking forward to that, especially after such a wonderful conversation we had with John Howe. So I'm really looking forward to talking uh, about the music side as well as uh, as well as the art side. So anyway, so that's going to be happening soon, and we might get some uh, we might get some other folks. We'll see how that goes. I don't know. I'm still waiting on on those things. Um, however, uh, I did. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, Augustine is asking, will I be able to show footage from the episodes in the show? Yes. Yes, we will. Uh, we have permission to do that. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I mentioned before that uh, Rings and Realms is not where you're going to go for, like, immediate reaction to the show. If you do want to go somewhere for immediate reactions to the show, I got you covered there, too. So, um, just recently, um, uh, Maggie and I were approached and asked to host an official after show um, uh, co-host with Prime Video, uh, an, after, an official after show uh, for The Rings of Power. That's going to happen on Fridays, uh, Friday afternoon at noon, um, uh, East Coast time, 9 a.m. West Coast time, um, and uh, what is that, 5 p.m. Uh, uh, England time. Um, so we're going to be hosting the, the the official after show on Twitter. Uh, so we're going to do it through Twitter spaces, uh, and um, it's going to be really cool. We're hoping to have, I don't, know the schedule there yet um that is all being worked out and and i'm not always privy to the process um but uh but anyway uh, we're going to be doing um we're going to be doing some interviews with folks we should be able to get some of the uh, uh some of the cast and uh, to be joining us on the on the after show there so uh that'll be fun to to hang out with folks so anyhow um yeah so so we're going to be doing that on twitter spaces uh that will be i we are going to be recording that we probably will re record and post those conversations elsewhere too uh for folks who aren't uh normally aren't habitually on twitter um but um anyway it's going to be that's um I'm, I'm looking forward to that too so we'll have 
an opportunity for some more immediate reactions. Um, that'll be a fairly brief show, especially by my standards. And uh, and then again, after that, then we'll be working on Rings and Realms and the fully produced Rings and Realms will come out um, at the end of the weekly cycle there on uh, Wednesday evening or Thursday afternoon. And then we'll do Other Minds and Hands. Uh, on And that's going to be, did I mention this already? That's going to be on Thursday afternoons. Um, so Thursday afternoons at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time is going to be the new day and time for Other Minds and Hands. Um, so that I, we wanted to make sure it was after the release of Rings and Realms. Basically, we didn't want to, we didn't want to do other minds and hands prior to it, as it would kind of defeat the purpose. So, um, uh, JJ wants to know: Will that interfere with Grifflet streams? No, JJ, it won't. Most of the time, um, most of the time, it will not. Um, I will be uh, having my noon Twitter show, and I'll be done in time uh, to do my Grifflet stream afterwards. So, no worries. Um, I say usually that won't be true this week. Um, I won't be doing Grifflet this week because I'm, so I'm going to be doing a guest appearance on the <laughs> official Prime Video watch party on Twitch. So there's going to be an official Twitch watch party, um, and I'm going to be joining them for like the after show discussion. I'm not going to be doing the whole, wa the whole like watch of the episodes with them on Friday afternoon, but I'm just going to come for some of the discussion after the episode then so that's what's that's what's going on um praise so far um we're i'm thinking we're gonna um uh i'm i'm i should be able to sleep but i'm not going to deny these next seven weeks are going to be intense <laughs> it's going to be a little bit intense not to mention the fact that um we uh uh we're also going to have i'm going to have four moots that are happening <laughs> during the midst of this time as well. So uh, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. Um, uh, okay. So that's, um, that's what's, uh, oh, wait, wait, and one other thing, one other thing, one other thing I wanted to mention. Um, I'm going to be naturally, I'm going to be watching the rings of power episodes as soon as they drop. Of course, I've seen the first two and I'm, actually I'm going to a screening again tomorrow. Um, uh, uh, in fact, if anybody happens to be going to the Salem, New Hampshire, uh, Cinemark Theater for the screening, uh, the fan screening tomorrow, Wednesday afternoon, or Wednesday evening, rather, um, uh, find me. Let's hang out and talk afterwards. Uh, but anyway, okay, so, um, <laughs> so I will have seen the first two episodes, uh, but the other ones I'm not going to ever have seen before. So, of course, I'm going to be watching them as soon as they drop and probably re-watching them after that. But I figured it's going to be um, fun. Uh, it's going to be fun to sort of watch them together. And so here's, here's, here's my plan. Here's my plan. When the show, when the episodes drop publicly for the first time, I'm going to start up a watch party on the Signum U Twitch channel. So Twitch. Uh, what is it? Twitch.tv slash SignumU. That's it. That's the web address. I, I knew I knew that. Um, so um, anyway, so uh, on the SignumU Twitch channel, we're going to do a watch party. Um, I'll start, or start. I will start the watch party as soon as the episodes drop. Now, keep in mind, when we do watch parties on whenever like Twitch watch parties, you have to have a prime subscription, of course, to watch it. The fact that we're broadcasting it on Twitch doesn't give us the ability to get around the fact that you do have to have a Prime subscription in order to watch the show. Um, so uh, that's why it's like 
<laughs> legal and stuff. So anyway, um, so we're going to uh, I'm I'm going to be so I'm going to stream it. I'm not going to talk over it. Um, I'm not going to actually like have my audio on at all during the show. Um, but we can be we can have some uh, sort of some text conversation. We, we can be in the chat for people who want to be in the chat while we're watching it, because most of the time, not this week, but the rest of the weeks, I'm going to be watching it for the first time. So I want to make sure that I'm uh, um, you know, paying, I'm going to be like taking notes and stuff. Um, but um, anyhow, however, it's going to be really helpful for me to kind of talk it through a little bit um, because I kind of think with my mouth. So um, it's going to be really helpful for me to kind of uh, talk as soon as I finish watching it to kind of process it a little bit in preparation for uh, planning for the various shows that I'm doing. That's what I'm going to be up to on Thursday evenings, basically. Um, evening for me means between midnight and 4 a.m. Um, so, um, so yeah, so normally the episodes are going to drop at midnight uh, when they do. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll broadcast the episode on our Twitch channel uh, for people who have Prime subscriptions. Uh, you, can, you can join in the chat uh, and uh, we can be in the chat and then I'll turn on my audio and we can kind of talk, uh, kind of process things together a little bit after the show uh, at like 1 or a.m. or whenever it's whenever it's done. I know that's not convenient for everybody, but I just wanted to let people know that that's uh that that's that's my plan. So if you do happen to be up and around, um you can uh you can you can join me for that. Um uh yeah, that's what midnight is when the when episodes 2 through 8 or 3 through 8 are going to be dropping starting next week, Jackie. Um this week of course episodes 1 and 2 drop at 9 p.m. Eastern time uh here and um uh, anyway, so at midnight, that's midnight Eastern time, uh, Chris. Yes, midnight Eastern time is when they drop starting next week. Um, so it'll only be 11 for you, Chris. That's easy, right? Um, 9 p.m. PST. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, it is a little more friendly for people on the West Coast, uh, for sure. Anyway, okay, so I just want to let people know that's happening. I'm going to do this on this coming Thursday, too, when the first two episodes drop at 9 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to do a watch party. In fact... Uh, this Thursday, I'm doing a hybrid watch party because I'm also doing an on-site watch party uh, for friends and family. Um, uh, we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna be at the studio where we film Rings and Realms to see it on the big screen in there. Um, so I invited my like uh, you know my um, like rabbit in Winnie the Pooh, all my friends and relations, uh, and uh, we're 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 gonna see it in the big screen. Um, but I'm but I am still we're still gonna do the Twitch. Um, watch party together uh there so if you wanted to watch it together and you can be in the chat with other folks uh and then we'll do some we'll do some discussion afterwards um uh, uh after that as well that's going to be from at no, starting at nine o'clock um uh this coming thursday so uh how long is an episode uh, over an hour I, I i don't remember the running time i wasn't looking at my watch um but um uh yeah um when i was when i saw the first two that is i wasn't really looking at my watch but they were they were longish i think they're longer than an hour um but uh anyhow okay so lots of things happening i'll try to r remind people of the <laughs> sort of calendar uh for these things as we um uh, as we move forward um uh 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry, Sharon. I'm not going to pause it. Uh, I'm not going to pause it because when, when we, when we're doing the watch party, it's going to be most of the, not this week, but most of the time, it's going to be my first time through as well. Um, so my first time through, I'm definitely going to want to just, just, just watch. I'm probably not even going to take too many notes the first time. Um, I'll watch it again afterwards and take notes, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, lots of things going on. And by the way, um, oh, it's Margan on Twitch was asking, was I involved in the production of the Rings of Power? I was not involved in the production in any way, um, other than I suppose indirectly, as when I met a bunch of folks at Comic Con, several people in the writers' room and stuff said that they, uh, a lot of them, listened to the show, uh, to this show, uh, among others. Um, so there was a lot of. Um, so that means, in fact, um, not only did I have some indirect contributions to the Rings of Power show, but so did you guys uh, who are here participating. Uh, so there you go. Um, but um, anyway, yeah, so no, 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 I, 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 I'm not, I'm only, uh, I'm only a guy who likes to talk about Tolkien on the internet, and so I'm going to be doing a lot of talking about talking on the internet here over the course of the next over the course of the next few weeks um but uh <laughs> yes yes drow snake particularly you actually yeah yeah i'm i'm here confirming that uh that you personally uh, uh your fingerprints are all over uh the rings of power i think that's exactly it um but uh, anyway um okay uh but um yeah, yeah. Harden Crane says we're all deeply involved, just not deeply enough to get paid. I know, right? Tell me about it. Join the club. Um, but um, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, okay. Um, but guess what? So in addition to all of this other, um, to all this other stuff that's been going on about around the rings of power and stuff, like meanwhile, um, often uh, in another portion of Signum, our space program is killing it. Killing it. Have you looked at our space program lately? I mean, okay, I just have to share. I just have to share because this is like where did my where did my where did my share go? Okay, here, here's my share. All right. So for, first of all, look at our nice new website. Totally redesigned website, which is like not slow and stuff. It's awesome. Boom. Oh, did you see that page load? That was a hot right there. Sorry. This is, you know, anyway. Okay. Um, space is phenomenal. So go to our degree programs. That's the, that's our MA program, which is also awesome. Check out what's going on in space right now. So let's scroll down to where we see the current modules that are starting like this coming month in September, right? Check out what's going on in space. So not only do we have in our creative writing sector, not only do we have the creative writing workshop, which is fantastic, Sparrow does a marvelous creative writing workshop, um, but we're also having, for the first time, a module on game mastery, the complete game master with Richard Rowland, who is a phenomenal game master, and so is teaching this module to help people to build their campaigns, people who are running tabletop role-playing campaigns. So cool. He is so awesome. Richard, yeah, Richard is OP. Holy cow. Richard is... Um, we're, we're we're talking about a game master who like composes poetry in imagined languages <laughs> in support of his own campaigns, right? Unbelievable. Uh, he's just he is so good. 
Um, but uh, anyway, so he is he's he's going to be he's going to be teaching this module, which is fantastic. We got our fantasy sector in which we're doing. Uh, Tom Hillman is doing Pity in the Lord of the Rings. He's got a book that's coming out, which is phenomenal. Tom Hillman, such a such a brilliant Tolkien scholar. Um, Serena Higgins is doing her dragons uh, class. We've got several uh, uh, Rings of Power stuff for p- folks who want some uh, Rings of Power support. We've got uh, Sarah Brown teaching a class on uh, unfinished tales. Uh, James Tauber and Elise Trudel Sedeno doing their Second Age of Middle Earth module. Um, uh, we've got a, the, a, the Rings of Power discussion group with Sarah Brown and James Tauber, who are working to, together to do uh, just uh, for people who want to be discussing the episodes in a classroom setting uh, with Sarah and James. Really, really cool stuff uh, going on there. And the fantastic in East, East Asia, Robert Steed has been doing a whole bunch. He's been sort of leading uh, a, a couple of our preceptors who have been doing a bunch of Eastern stuff. We've been so Western focused in a lot of the stuff that we've done traditionally in our Signum courses. It's been so cool uh, to be opening up some of this Eastern stuff and really beginning to get outside uh, the scope of what we've covered before. So neat. And then we're, uh, yes, Inventing King Arthur. Yes, a, a, a module on Geoffrey of Monmouth's History of the Kings of Britain uh, with Liam Daly. We've got our language classes. We're doing, uh, we're doing uh, uh, for, the, for those who have studied some old English before, a reading module on Cunewulf's Christ, the poem that inspired Middle-earth, right? Um, James Tauber doing ancient Greek morphology. I mean, come on, right? Uh, but of course, we have our beginning ones too. We're starting a new, uh, uh, we're doing a module on Scottish Gaelic song. Seriously, um, we're c- continuing to run a cohort in Japanese, in Latin, in Old Norse. Oh man! And then like, don't even get me started on the ones that are coming, right? Uh, holy cow! Like if you uh, if you sign up for BlackBerry, you can look at the ones that are uh, the candidates that are out there for October, and it's like even more like it's it's just it's it's incredible so there's so much fun stuff that's happening in space uh and i uh, know i've got people in my own family and friends and everybody who are taking space modules and are just loving it so um anyway i um uh i hope that uh, that you guys take a look at these and uh, you know there's a whole bunch of things um uh, I'm, 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 I'm working on. Um, I can confirm, for instance, uh, that I have finally succeeded. Uh, not that it actually took a whole lot of arm, to, uh, arm twisting um, in recruiting uh, Willie Jenkins, New Better Do Better, uh, to teach a space module with us, uh, which is going to happen, I think, in November. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, it's so much fun stuff uh that's happening um so i just i definitely commend uh space to your attention it's such a wonderful program um it's been an immensely refreshing way for people to just immerse themselves in the stuff that they're interested in the stuff that they love space is literally everything that's fun about school um about learning with like none of the bad stuff, right? None of the pressure, uh, none of the, 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 the heavy work. It's just exploration and discovery and discussion and shared enthusiasm uh, and an opportunity to learn things you've always wanted to learn or to go deeper into just, you know, to find a, commu- a community of people to discuss something that you love uh, and have been, uh, you know, always wishing you had this kind of a venue to discuss things in. Um, anyway, it's, um, 
it's really exactly uh, yeah sharon says it's the cool tangents you wish you could have gone on exactly exactly no so i just uh can't recommended enough i'm looking forward we're soon going to be uh launching some um space modules not taught in english we're expanding outwards um and uh going to be offering uh, a, a starting offering a module in portuguese uh for our friends in brazil uh who are really wanting to get in on the space fun so there's all kinds of things uh that are happening uh that are happening here in space and i just wanted to draw people's attention to it because it is really really exciting so anyway uh okay so that's lots of announcements but there's so much happening these days now let's get back to the text okay you remember that strider was listening right he was aloof from everybody everybody else was gathered in the camp and there was merriment and laughter um and strider was standing aloof and strider moved off and we had he was he was looking and listening right and then he was standing at the edge of the dell and he was looking down um at them right and this is when mary notices him what is the matter strider mary called up what are you looking for do you miss the east wind no indeed he answered but i miss something i have been in the country of holland in many seasons no folk dwell here now, but many other creatures live here at all times, especially birds. Yet now all things but you are silent. I can feel it. There is no sound for miles about us, and your voices seem to make the ground echo. I do not understand it. Gandalf looked up with sudden interest. But what do you guess is the reason, he asked. Is there more in it than surprise at seeing four hobbits, not to mention the rest of us, where people are so seldom seen or heard? I hope that is it, answered Aragorn, but I have a sense of watchfulness and of fear that I have never had here before. Then we must be more careful, said Gandalf. If you bring a ranger with you, it is well to pay attention to him, especially if the ranger is Aragorn. We must stop talking aloud, rest quietly, and set the watch. All right. Um, yes, Amorea, it's very creepy when the birds go quiet, right? Um, now, one of the things, of course, that is very sort of easy to notice, right, is the difference in register. Uh, Mary immediately starts starts joking, right? What's the matter? What are you looking for? Do you miss the east wind? Do you miss the east wind is funny, right? Um, but funny how? Funny why? Like, what exactly is Mary teasing Strider about here. The implication seems to me to be that, you know, tell me if you tell me, t tell me what you think of this. The implication seems to me to be that Mary can see nothing wrong. Like they've been kind of miserable. For, they've had a they've had a rough couple weeks. Right. Um, it's been very unpleasant, especially that east wind was one of the most notable things, right? That uh, uh, most notably uncomfortable elements of their journey to this point. But things just finally changed, right? Things just finally got better. And now they're happier and they're more comfortable. They're resting for today, right? So they're, they're, uh, they're, 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 yeah, do you miss being uncomfortable? Seems to be exactly, um, exactly the implication there, Jackie, right? And so he identifies the east wind as like the sort of poster child of the discomforts of the last fortnight, right? And for Mary, that seems to sort of sort it up. And so that, that what he seems to be teasing 
Aragorn about, as far as I can see, is, um, you know, what you seem to be having a hard time being comfortable, right? You seem to be determined to be like miserable, like everyone else is able to enjoy themselves, but here's you, you know, standing up there looking grim. Um, you know, do you miss do you miss the east wind? Would would you be happier, Strider, if we were all still miserable? Right? Is that uh, is that uh, does uh, d- does all this merriment make you feel out of place, Strider? Right? Um, which again is a um, a fun way to tease Aragorn, right? Um, his response, notice he does not reflect the tone, right? No, indeed, is his answer, right? Now, this is not quite as bad as, um, you know, do not say such things. <laughs> I can remember when he was getting all scoldy back in the, uh, in the, 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 the marshes and stuff, um, the Midgewater marshes. It's not quite so bad as that, right? Um, but he doesn't, and he, he rolls with it, no indeed, but I miss something, right? Um, I feel like if this were Gandalf, Gandalf would have immediately said something sharp, right? He would have returned that little jab to Mary with topspin, right? Had it been Gandalf that Mary was addressing like this. Um, but, um, uh, but yeah, no, he, he, Strider... Strider doesn't play that way. I still think Strider's pretty bad uh, at uh, at hobbitry. It is just not, um, uh, yeah, no, indeed. But I miss something, and then he just explains what he misses. Right now, notice Gandalf is still not one hundred percent letting go. He's not just joking like Mary was joking, right? And yet, Gandalf's tone remains light. What do you guess is the reason? And then he suggests, um, he suggests what is a legitimate reason, right? People don't live down here. And so therefore, a, a group of nine people camping is liable to spook the local, you know, the, the local wildlife, right? You know, they don't normally see people. Um, so a, a large group of people, maybe they're all freaked out just for that reason, Right. But he doesn't just say that, you know, his saying, is it more, uh, is it, is there more in it than surprise at seeing four hobbits? Um, that's a joke, right? Um, as if they would all, like the birds and beasts would all be aghast at seeing four hobbits, right? So he's, he's teasing the hobbits, right? Um, he's saying this, obviously looking at the hobbits out of the corner of his eye, right? That's a joke, not only at their expense, but for their benefit, Right. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is interesting. I, I praise. I think you're right. Praise has been um, doing the return of the shadow um, and is saying that the way that Tolkien retconned Trotter's successful hobbitry into Aragorn's more awkward. Yeah. Like unsuccessful responses is quite remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Trotter, the hobbit guide, um, which was the original character before Trotter became a human, right? Who became Aragorn um, before the Trotter character was re- replaced by the Aragorn character. Um, but, um, but yeah, Trotter was a hobbit 
and uh, uh, definitely used this kind of hobbitry uh, himself. Um, but um, anyway, um, yeah. Okay, so both. Um, <laughs> right. Chris and Gregory down in YouTube was also uh, suggesting that um, the uh, and Tim also the the fox was in fact surprised to see three hobbits right on the road at night. <laughs> yeah, but first of all, I, there are several things to say to that. <laughs> but the most important thing I think to say to that is that was a Shire fox, right? The Shire Fox is surprised not at seeing three hobbits, but at seeing three hobbits sleeping uh, under a tree at night, right? The Fox is surprised not because hobbits are unusual, but because he knows hobbits and is surprised at the deviant behavior of these particular three hobbits, right? Um, uh, the Fox is a wily fox veteran, Right, with much Hobbit experience, with much firsthand uh, Hobbit, uh, a, a lifetime, a vulpine lifetime of Hobbit observation, right, uh, behind him. Um, uh, exactly, musical. Um, they're unexpected per the customs with which the fox is familiar. Exactly, exactly. Um, yes, so a non Shire fox might perhaps be stunned into silence. But again, I really don't think that Gandalf is seriously suggesting that, like, the songbirds of Hullen are going to be particularly differentiating the hobbits from the rest of them and um, uh, standing in shock. Instead, he's teasing the hobbits for being strangers here, but also, I think... In this comment, as in Gandalf's other comments that we've been looking at, I think that once again we can see here Gandalf, well, being a leader, right? We can see Gandalf's leadership at play. I think he wants to reassure the hobbits. Um, Merry reacting with a joke to seeing Strider, right? Merry starting the conversation with a joke is, of course, totally normal for Mary, right? Um, but when Aragorn makes his non-joking response, right? It's But it's, it's not just the tone, it's also the substance of what Aragorn has said, right? And Gandalf is obviously paying attention, right? He looks up with sudden interest. Um, he believes that what Aragorn is noting, you know, is observing, is significant. Um, and yet... Gandalf couches his reply, or he contextualizes his reply with a joke directed at the hobbits and, um, uh, and for the hobbits' benefit, right? Um, as if to signal to them, there's no reason to be afraid, right? Don't panic would be one way, I think, to sort of summarize Gandalf's tone and approach here in this, in this paragraph, in, in this response. Um, he's still taking it seriously and asking Aragorn for more information and for clarification, right? What do you guess is the reason? Um, is, an, is a question he seems to really want 
the answer to. Silk Waskett asks, is Gandalf trying to draw Aragorn out to make a premonition or other leadership move? Um, yes, I think... Uh, I think he knows Aragorn well enough to know that Aragorn might have some kind of insight into what is, um, what's going on here, right? Um, what do you guess is the reason, is a request for interpretation, right? Not just tell me what you've seen, tell me what you think it means. And of course, he knows that Aragorn's guesses are liable to be good. Right? Because Aragorn is has a lot of experience, right? Aragorn has seen the country of Holland in many seasons and many other countries in many other seasons and has made a large number of observations, right, of the of the fauna of these areas. Um, when has he ever encountered anything like this? Can he make a guess as to what's going on? But he doesn't do it in any way so as to cause alarm among the hobbits. Um, notice that Gandalf also gives offers, maybe a better way to say it, offers an innocuous explanation. Is there more in it than surprise at seeing four hobbits, not to mention the rest of us, where people are so seldom seen or heard? Um, I, You know, one could hear this as him sort of um, marginalizing Aragorn's like, oh, it's probably nothing, right? Um, I don't think he's... I certainly don't think that he is not taking Aragorn seriously. His next words plainly demonstrate that he is taking Aragorn seriously. Um, but, um, but he does offer up as a potential explanation, right? Um, you know, he, he basically sort of starts from that framework, right? Now, there is an obvious way to understand this which is not really alarming, right? Maybe they're just spooked because we're here. Maybe it's just that. Um, in other words, what he seems to be doing there is kind of probing Aragorn. What reason do you have to think it's more than that? Obviously, he knows that Aragorn will have thought of that, right? So he's not suggesting that in the sense of, um, uh, you know, again, like, he's not patronizing Aragorn here. Um, but he is clearly prompting him. But he's also offering reassurance as well. I think, clearly, reassurance. And because he, he's doing it, I think it's clear, because he's doing it with a joke. Yes, praise exactly. I do think he's trying to keep the hobbits uh, the hobbits calm. Um, and yes, Hrothgar, at the same time, he's also looking for more data points in order to make the best decision for the group. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, now, Stephen wants to know, is Gandalf indicating that he had noticed the same thing but hadn't realized it? It was something more worrying? Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, does this, uh, Gandalf doesn't say something like, um, you know, I have noticed that too, or something like that. And he might say that if he had, um, I think it more likely that he hasn't really noticed it in the same way. Um, in part, very likely because he's not had the same opportunity. Gandalf is, Gandalf's the life of the party here in the, in the, in the little, uh, you know, Dell, where they're uh, where they're sitting here, um, and they've been making a lot of noise. As Aragorn points out, your voices seem to make the ground echo, right? Um, and yes, Bjorning Gandalf absolutely can make mistakes. Um, so I don't think that um, sometimes it's kind of tempting 
to be like, Gandalf surely knew, right? You know, Gandalf must have known. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's very possible. Um, his looking up with sudden interest suggests to me that this is news to him, that he is not merely having some of his own suspicions confirmed or something like that, that he legitimately not noticed. Um, but um, uh, anyway, let's go back to Aragorn's observation. But I miss something. I have been in the country of Holland in many seasons. No folk dwell here now, but many other creatures live here at all times, especially birds. Yet now all things but you are silent. That by itself is an interesting thing. Notice he is not saying that he believes that Holland is empty. He's not saying... Um, he's not saying that this place has been abandoned, right? All life has fled from this area. What he is saying is all things but you are silent. The birds, I guess, are still there, but they're just not saying anything. They're not making any noise. And that's actually more eerie. It would be an ominous sign if all of the local fauna had fled. Right? That's a bad look. Um, usually when that happens, the animals know better than you do. Right? Um, but, um, uh, but this is would seem to be more than that. Um, and yeah, Arden Cran, it's not clear. Arden Cran is asking, um, is it Aragorn saying the birds were chirping before now or that they weren't, but it didn't bother him until now because he assumed the wind was drowning them out? We're not really told when he first noticed the silence. But I think it is very recent. I don't think that it's... Um, yeah. I don't see any reason to believe um, that things are... Remember, here, here's the reason I think that it's a new phenomenon, like just as of the morning that this is happening. The reason I think that is because Gandalf, I remember, makes his speech when he's doing his introductory speech to Holland um, and says that, okay, you know, yeah, so here we are um, in Holland and this will be a good place to rest, right? Much evil must befall a country. Uh, right, you know, before it wholly forgets the elves. Remember all that. Um, I would think that that would have been the point at which Aragorn would have spoken up and said, well, yeah, but something ain't right here, right? Um, you're right about Holland generally being a pretty good place to hang out, but, um, but I've been in the country of Holland in many seasons and something is definitely wrong here, right? Um, and he didn't say anything like that before. Um, <laughs> Hrothgar is speculating that perhaps the stones were chattering so much uh, to Legolas that um, they were drowning out. The, you know, he didn't notice the silence because of all the noise from the rocks. Um, and that is, of course, possible. But I, but, but, but I rather doubt it. Mr. Bigga is suggesting that now would obviously be a perfect time for Boromir to blow his horn again, um, because that's always convenient. Um, but... Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 again, I don't think 
I don't think we have any reason to believe that he would just have missed it before or that he wouldn't have said anything when Gandalf was like, this is great. We'll be safe here, right? This will be a wholesome, safe place to stay for a while. We're going to rest. That Aragorn made no peep about that at the time suggests to me that this is a, this is only now after they've stopped, after they're camping. And now, you know, the morale of the company is very high, right? Because of their rest, because of the change of the weather, um, probably even because of that wholesome atmosphere of Holland, right? Um, and the way in which Gandalf has been successfully um, leading them and kind of guiding them, not only physically, but also sort of guiding them emotionally and spiritually as well. We've been looking at the way in which Gandalf has been kind of managing the mood uh, of the uh, of the company and particularly of Frodo and the Hobbits, right? Um, but, um, uh, but yes... Druid's fire, as you say, Aragorn never went off duty, um, and he noticed that this, I think, began happening. So Madagot exactly is the quest. This is exactly the question. If the birds have only just gone quiet, it begs the question: What changed? Exactly, exactly. Um, what did change? Now, oh man, Spielkala, I completely agree with you. Um, your voices make the ground echo is a very strange choice of words. Yes, it is. There is no sound for miles about us, and your voices seem to make the ground echo. Um, what is Aragorn emphasizing? Why does he say this? There is no sound for miles about us. Seems to be what he has ascertained by moving off from the company and listening. Right? Um, he does not even hear distant noises of things like birds and stuff, right? Now, I agree, Jackie, that an echo makes sense in stony foothills, right? There would probably be quite a few echoes um, along the ground. And I'm thinking, Jackie, that if he has gone out away from the camp in order to be able to try to hear better, listen for anything else, right? Um, I think that how far away he would have been able to hear them, right? And even to hear the echoes of their um, of their laughter, you know, um, bouncing off the rocks. I don't doubt there are literal echoes uh, involved here. Um, and yet it also does, as Bjarnasoner is suggesting, um, it does also make the place sound incredibly desolate. Um, not only no sources of noise, but not even any soft material to absorb the noise that you're making. Um, yeah, it really, it really is those two elements, isn't it? Um, the emphasis about their voices seeming to make the ground echo. Not only is, um, not only is there, you know, is, has something happened, right, to the fauna around here, or they've noticed something, or something, but it's not right. Something is not right here, right? Um, but not only that, you guys are standing out like you would not expect, right? Um, your voices seem to make the ground echo. Because everything else is silent, you guys are extremely noticeable. So in other words, he's conveyed two really important pieces of information to the party leader, hasn't he? One, something's happening. I don't know what it is, but something is not right in this area. Two, as a consequence of that, we, the company is exposing itself in ways like secret. We're supposed to be secret, right? 
were supposed to be staying secret. And remember, they have reason to believe that they're secret. They're surrounded by the, they're in the dell surrounded by these holly trees, right? Um, these like ancient, dense holly trees. Um, they probably believe they're entirely invisible, which is probably true, right? Uh, they probably cannot be seen from a distance. Um, and so they feel safe. And of course, Gandalf gave his speech about the wholesomeness of Holland and all that kind of thing. So they probably feel off their guard, completely safe and snugly concealed there in their sheltered dell. Right. And yet Aragorn is saying, don't let your guard down. Don't let your guard down. This is um, the secrecy of the company is compromised, not because you know he's not yelling at him. Right. He's not uh, he, I don't think he's chastising Gandalf here. I think the point is he's saying there's something you don't understand. There's no cover noise. Um, you guys talking and laughing down there. Um, I mean, again, Gandalf might have said something, you know, when Mary says, do you miss the east wind? Gandalf might have said something like, no, but you're louder than the east wind. Right. Um, uh, you know, kind of firing back and teasing Mary. Strider doesn't do that. But that does seem to be the idea that he's uh, conveying. Exactly to Juice Man. There's no sound for miles, and therefore every sound we make will carry for miles. We are very exposed here. Yes. Warning. There is danger. Of more than one kind. Right? Potentially. And he doesn't have any idea um, uh, what that is. Um, so yes, the making the ground echo is important. By the way, I also cannot help but think on sort of another level there. Um, I mean, we're just talking about the chattering of the ground, right? Uh, about the rocks here in Holland, um, talking to Legolas. And the reference to the ground, their voices making the ground echo. Um, well, this is the ground that remembers the elves of Holland, right? Um, and so I think that there's this sense, I mean, it's hard for me not to kind of connect those two sentences, right, uh, in some manner or other. Um, and I think in its way, again, he's being sort of gentle here. Um, the ground probably does, is probably echoing back fairly enthusiastically, right? The rocks remember the elves of Holland, um, and they remember them with pleasure, right? And now here, folk are seldom seen here. No folk dwell here at all now. Right. But now some folk are visiting, visiting and they're merry folk. Right. They're they're having a great time. They're talking and laughing and they're talking and laughing is being taken up and 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 echoed back to them from the ground. Right. Um, which seems would seem to be enjoying their presence. And yet um, under the circumstances, when they're trying to remain a secret, that's not a great thing. Shut up, rocks. Shh. We're trying to keep a low profile here, rocks. Um but um, but at the same time, there's something there's something strange going on that he clearly doesn't understand. See, I don't know if the wholesomeness of Holland is gone again, Bjorning. I kind of feel like he's that Holland is sort of responding to them, right? Um, but uh, um, but yet something has something alien has come. So one of two things has happened. Either Holland, ha like the wholesomeness of Holland, has been genuinely compromised, which would be the case if all of the birds and beasts were like dead or gone, right? 
that would be a significant change for the worst. Um, but again, if that had happened, he would have noticed it much sooner than this. Um, and he hasn't. So again, I think that this is a new, this is not a, they came into Holland to find it abandoned by all living creatures, right? I, I, that, that's clearly not what happened. Or even, I mean, Gandalf would have noticed that, Aragorn would have noticed that, and they would have said something about it earlier. Again, somebody would have used that as a reason to say, maybe, you know, camping for 36 hours here, not such a good idea as we might think. Um, but, um, uh, but, but they didn't say that. So again, I think there must have been birdsong before, but there isn't now. So as we said, something changed. Something has happened. Something is approaching, and it's not them, right? Presumably, um, or they would have been surrounded by a, you know, sphere of silence the whole time. Um, yes. Uh, all things but you are silent. Again, he doesn't say they're gone. He thinks they're still there. But for some reason, the birds aren't singing. And that's concerning, right? Aragorn's response to Gandalf's half-comical question, is there more in it than surprise at seeing four hobbits? I hope that is it, answered Aragorn. But I have a sense of watchfulness and of fear that I have never had here before. A sense of watchfulness and of fear. And Trothgar, I completely agree with you that the sense of watchfulness and fear suggests he believes the animals are there. Right? Um, they wouldn't be watchful. The land wouldn't... He wouldn't have a sense of watchfulness. He'd have a sense of emptiness. Right? Um, yeah. That I have never had here before. He, he's been here lots of times and he feels the contrast. Um... So this is not a, this is not like a migratory issue, right? This is this is um, something is afraid, something is watchful. Um, notice Aragorn's also sort of implying, no, it can't just be because we are here, right? Um, I have a sense of watchfulness and fear I have never had here before. Um, now Aragorn is very woodcrafty, I don't doubt, but I'm sure the birds and beasts noticed his presence before, right? So he's saying, yes, it's true that, you know, people walking through this area might kind of spook the birds and beasts a little bit, right? Maybe. Um, but he's been here many times, and I don't, you know, I don't think we can assume that he's always been here alone, even, necessarily, Right? Um, and yet, despite the fact that he has been a person walking through Holland, um, perceived, presumably, by the beasts and birds of Holland, um, he's never noticed anything like this before. And remember, this is the extra information. Gandalf is asking him, what do you guess is the reason? Right? Um, so don't just give me the data. Tell me what it means. Tell me what you believe it means. Interpret the data for me. And he says... His answer, his guess, is watchfulness and fear. I have a sense of watchfulness and fear. That's not, that's like an indirect observation. It's still, it's not a conclusion, right? He's not speculating about the cause, notice, right? He doesn't do that. Gandalf asks him to do that, and Aragorn doesn't. He does not take up Gandalf's in, uh, invitation, explicitly stated invitation, to speculate about what the cause of this effect could be. Instead, what he does is give a little bit more indirect 
data. I have a sense of watchfulness and of fear. So that's, it's like a local conclusion, right? Here's what I perceive. Here's the conclusion I draw based on what I perceive. What I conclude is that the creatures are A, still here, and B, afraid and on guard. And in a very unusual way, unique in his experience of coming through. Um, Gandalf's immediate response, then we must be more careful. If you bring a ranger with you, it is well to pay attention to him, especially if the ranger is Aragorn. We must stop talking aloud, rest quietly, and set the watch. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and yes, exactly. I'm looking at you, Boromir. And no horn blowing. Um, yes, yes. Jackie, I agree with you that the use of the word fear is significant. That is a strong emotion, right? It's not just a wild animal that remains still and silent when an unknown large creature walks by is merely being prudent, right? Um, that's not fear. Um, a sense of watchfulness and of fear. Notice how in Aragorn's words, it's like an... Watchfulness is the primary thing, right? Um, the way that end of fear is set off by commas there suggests that that's a kind of an add-on thought, right? He doesn't just say, I have a sense of watchfulness and fear. In which case, if he said, if I have, but I have a sense of watchfulness and fear, those would have been the two ideas that he had from the beginning, right? But uh, here, his he seems to add that on after the fact. I have a sense of watchfulness and a fear, right? Um, he's trying to put his finger on the quality of what he has observed. Um, yeah, he is reading the room, so to speak. Um, I think that's a good way to think about it, Gil Dolovan. Um Yes, yes. Um, interesting, Rowan on the River says, I think about the spooky calm that happens before a big storm system or a tornado moves through. That's the feeling I get here. Watchfulness? Yeah. Yeah, watchfulness and fear? Sure. Sure. Uh, and I mean, many of us, of course, have experience with pets hiding under the bed or something like that when a storm is coming. I think that's actually an interesting sort of parallel, right? Um, now, we don't know. We don't know what's causing it, right? But again, you'll notice how we've been sort of tantalized by this, right? Um, what I mean is Gandalf explicitly asks Aragorn to guess the reason. What do you think is causing it? And Aragorn has pointedly declined to do that. I'm not going to speculate what could have caused this. Something caused it, right? Something is currently at this moment freaking out the local fauna. And by the way, it wasn't doing that at dawn, right? Nor last night. But now it is. Something has come. So some of you were asking about the Nazgul. Could it be that like the Nazgul came this way and the fauna is still freaked out? No, because they would have come through months ago. Right? Um, and again, I think the text infers, implies rather, that 
the spooking of the local fauna is something that's happened just in the last few hours, not something that's been true for months. One could imagine um, angry but uncloaked Nazgul uh, coming through here and freaking out the local fauna as a result, right? And many of them scattering and leaving and therefore still being gone, right, when the company comes through, perhaps. Um, that's a possible scenario, I can imagine, but that does not seem to fit the facts that we're, that we're getting. Um, well, I'm not sure, Bjorning. Bjorning says, whatever threatens the land is reacting to the merry and conspicuously loud party of travelers. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Remember, um, the company, you could say, um, I guess going a little bit too far, perhaps, but you could possibly say that Aragorn implies two different audiences interacting with the company. The fauna, on the one hand, and the ground, on the other hand. Right? Their voices seem to make the ground echo. Um, but the fauna and the ground don't seem to agree with one another, um, which is hardly surprising, as apparently the trees and plants in the ground don't agree either, right? The ground goes its own way here in Holland. It has a longer memory. Um, and I don't think that making the ground echoes, echo suggests that the ground is reacting negatively in any way to their voices. Um, but the animals do seem to be reacting. But I don't think that, again, Gandalf was saying maybe they're just reacting to us. Maybe we're spooking them. Um, but Gandalf does not seem, to, or sorry, Aragorn does not seem to think so. If he did, presumably, he'd have said. Right? Um, presumably, he would have said. Um, and now, Dennis, I actually can more easily believe that the rocks would be marveling at the hobbits than that the animals would in all seriousness be marveling at the hobbits. Truth to tell, I cannot imagine that like a sparrow or whatever, um, you know, or, or a lark or whatever is going to be more shocked by, you know, Pippin than by Boromir, right? Um, more startled, that is, by Pippin than by Boromir. The rocks, with their longer memory, might find it noteworthy. But then again, the memory of the rocks are so long that they would probably remember hobbits, actually, from before. Um, because hobbits would presumably have come through this way at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, now, interesting. Okay, hang on, JJ. Let me follow your thread here. Um, you were asking... Aragorn's saying, I have a sense of watchfulness and fear. Does that mean he has a sense of the watchfulness and fear that things around him are experiencing? Or that he himself is experiencing watchfulness and fear? Great question. I think he is not describing his own feelings. I think that he is, when he says, I have a sense of, he doesn't mean 
I am feeling watchfulness and fear rising up spontaneous within, spontaneously within me. I think that he is saying, I am picking up on... Yeah, exactly, Jackie. I am picking up on watchfulness and fear. Um, again, what he does not do is what Gandalf asks and speculates about the, speculate about the cause, but what he does do is say, okay, I've made like a thousand tiny observations, right? Um, let me give you the big picture. Let me show you the pattern that those observations are forming. The pattern that I'm picking up here, the pattern that I hear or don't hear is watchfulness and fear from this area. That's what I think is going on here in Holland. Now, it is possible um, uh, it is possible as I think Praise was suggesting um, that it could be um, it, it could be both in a sense um, but um, but I definitely lean towards him. Yeah, exactly. Amareya um, yeah, more like him saying, uh, the vibe I'm getting is watchfulness and fear, right? Um, yeah, yeah, oh, sorry, musical, that was you, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, right, again, I, I always like to entertain the possibility that it's both, um, I, we don't always have to choose, uh, when it comes to interpreting things like this, um, yeah, I, I, I know your twins, praise, which was making me feel particularly guilty about uh, confusing which one of you it was, though I suppose it does help to explain it, as I still do. Having met you guys uh, at, at, uh, at uh, L.A. Moot before, I, uh, um, uh, was, I still do, you know, associate you two together. Um, but anyway, yeah. No, I, 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 JJ, it's, it's a great question. It's a great question. Um, yeah, yeah. And of course, like, he is responding to watchfulness with watchfulness, right? Um, and that's indeed what he's going to recommend, right? We should be watchful. Um, uh, watchfulness seems like a great plan right about now. Um, yeah, let's, um, let's follow the example of the wise fauna of this area and uh, adopt some watchfulness. Though, not that he's advocating fear, of course. And notice that Gandalf immediately picks it up, right? Um, then we must be more careful. If you bring a ranger with you, it is well to pay attention to him, especially if the ranger is Aragorn. Um, Aragorn, or sorry, Gandalf takes Aragorn's warning seriously, but he doesn't, he definitely does not respond to fear with fear, right? He still, if he was, um, if he was, so if Mary is 100% joking, right, in full hobbitry mode at the beginning of this passage, and Gandalf, with his, is it more than surprise at seeing four hobbits, is half joking, right? Um, here, Gandalf is like 25% joking, right? His, 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 his hobbitry meter is down to about uh, somewhere between 10 and 25%, right? But it's still not zero, Um you know, the if you bring a ranger with you sentence is still kind of whimsical, right? If you bring a ranger with you, it's well to pay attention to him, right? Um, he's, again, he's not making light of it, but he's still speaking lightly. He's not making a joke. He's certainly not 
um, putting off Aragorn's words with a joke or anything like that. Um, but he is... Um, but I think that we can still see him, Gandalf, resisting fear. Right? Gandalf could say something like, that's... I've got a bad feeling about this, right? You know, he could say something. You know, he could follow up exactly with the logical questions you guys were asking. Um, what is it that's scaring the local fauna? What has arrived since morning, right, that created this effect? Um, what's about to come around the corner, right, which is spooking all of the fauna? And... Gandalf doesn't go in any of those directions, right? He still, through his choice of wording, keeps it light. If you bring a ranger with you, it's well to pay attention to him, especially if the ranger is Aragorn, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it sure is, Gandalf. That's good advice, right? If you bring a ranger with you, pay attention to him. Um, so let's not ignore Strider, shall we? Um, therefore, Aragorn is right. Um, we must stop talking aloud, rest quietly, and set the watch. But I think that we can still see Gandalf deliberately attempting to prevent fear from setting in. But it doesn't... And you're right, Trifle, by the way, um, that um, their seclusion does mean that they have poor sight lines as well. Yeah, um... They can't see anything coming from a distance, and if they keep laughing and talking, they're not going to hear anything coming either, right, if it gets closer. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. Um, there are lots of reasons. Watchfulness. Let's set the watch, right? Um, let us be. Let us re reflect the watchfulness, but not the fear. We can see it clearly um, in, uh, in his response there. What do we think it is? Why? Why has the fauna of Holland fallen silent? What's the answer to the riddle? What do you guess is the reason? I don't know. Soon, we're going to see the Krabine. Right? The Krabine incident is coming before too long. Um, but I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, here's the reason I, I don't think so. I don't think Krabine are that scary. It's weird for them to be here. Um, but I don't think they're scary in themselves. I don't see any... I don't know anything about um that would suggest that their arrival would frighten all of the local fauna, right? Um, it's true, Chris. Millions of them might be sufficient, but I don't think we get millions. Um, I, I'm, I have doubts about millions. Um, Yes, and Bjorni and Exile points out they they also don't arrive for hours. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. And as Trifle is warning us, remembering ahead, we're going to get the Corbine soon. We're then going to get Karathros being cranky, 
and then we're going to get wargs. The wargs are far away. Very far away. It can't be the wargs. The wargs would have come across them a heck of a lot sooner than they did, right? If there were wargs close enough to freak out the local swallows, right? Um, Even the Krabine are hours away, at the least. Um, Yeah. So what do we think? A couple people have suggested that it could be the ring. Do we think? Is it possible? It's Saruman, (laughs) says Nancy. Oh, man. Okay. Personally, I don't believe it. Let me say, though, before I explain that I don't believe it, let me first say it's a really interesting theory. There's a lot that I really like about it. A lot. Um, I kind of want that to be true. I think that would be cool if that were true, but I don't think it's true. And the reason I don't think it's true is that I don't think it fits the overall facts. First of all, if the ring had this kind of dampening effect on local fauna, it would presumably have happened elsewhere. Now, you might say um, that, well, maybe it's because Holland and because. You know, there's, you know, something about the wholesomeness of Holland is responding to, you know, so some of the sort of leftover, you know, elf magic juice, right, whatever that's here in um, Holland is respond. That's what's responding to, you know, to the to the ring. And so and obviously Holland, Eregian we're talking about here, right? Um, Eregian. One could understand if Eregian had a particular antipathy to the one ring. Um but, um, yeah, as Belongsman points out, it didn't work on the Neeker Breakers. Right. There's never been any indication of anything like this before. We've had no indication that the ring has any impact on the fauna. Now, it's getting closer to Mortar, but not that close to Mortar yet. Right. Um, so that's another reason that I think... Um, that's another reason that I think it's not um, the ring. Because we don't see the ring acting consistently like this in this way. But not only have we not seen the ring acting like this in other circumstances, we also haven't seen the ring acting like this. And again, and I wouldn't even believe I could see somebody trying to make the argument that because of the wholesomeness of Holland, um, it's more sensitive to the ring. And so therefore there's something about the, the wholesomeness of the elf wholesomeness of Holland that makes it more sensitive to the ring. And so it reacts differently and more strongly the, the land I mean reacts differently and more strongly um, than other places have done like you know uh, the Midgewater Marshes um, not shutting up the Nika Breakers as we were suggesting but I don't think that works because it's also been in Rivendell and in the Shire and this didn't happen in Rivendell or the Shire either now you could say you couldn't hear it in Rivendell because of all of the tra and that's I suppose fair enough but still I don't think so but the other reason I don't think so uh is that um, the the other reason I don't think so is that the, it was apparently not happening at dawn. Aragorn would have noticed this days ago, right? Or at least, again, when Gandalf said, hey, this place is great, let's stop here, Aragorn was not concerned, right? Um, it was only after they were camping that this suddenly began to happen. Um, and so, therefore, I don't think it can be the ring. Um yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, anyway. So I don't think it's the ring. I'd, I'd kind of love to think that, but I don't think that. Um, ergo, I think it might, it would have to be something else. Um, let's, well, well, we're gonna have to wait. Um, the answer I, d I think is not in this passage, pointedly not in Aragorn's case, right? But this is obviously a data point that we're going to need to keep together. I would like to see if we could draw some conclusions to explain the entire set of Eregian phenomena, right? And there's a lot. These are going to pile up a little bit. Um, again, between here and um, between here and Moria, right? The inside of Moria because I'm going to include the Watcher in the Water in this whole analysis here. Um, what's going on? Something's happening in Eregion. Can we understand... Do we... What kind of picture can we piece together of what the heck is actually going on in this area? Because, um, Karita, you are so right. There's a long list of weird vibes that we get in this area, and I want to put them together and see what patterns we can find and see what evidence we have to try to make a guess to answer the question that Aragorn refuses to answer. What do we guess is the reason uh, for all of this? Anyway, but such conclusions cannot be drawn in a night, and we are out of time um, for our discussion this evening. Thanks, everybody. Um, uh, I was going to say don't forget to tune in to stuff, but like I'm going to be broadcasting so continuously you'll barely be able to miss me one way or the other in the next few weeks. Um, but... Um, I believe, he says cautiously, that I will be back for class next Thursday night. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we'll be able to come back and carry on um, uh, to... Maybe we'll get to the Grabine next time, so we'll see. All right. Uh, Tuesday. Did I say Thursday? Tuesday. See, I can't even keep track anymore, right? I got... <laughs> Stuff's happening every day of the week. Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Um, next Thursday, I definitely have a conflict, but next Thursday, for sure. All right. Um, uh, oh, yeah, Bjorning and X, I was wondering uh, about uh, Prancing Pony Moot. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be uh, at the Prancing Pony Moot from, like, uh, Thursday night through um, the end of the moot. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll be there. That'll be, that'll be, a, that'll be a fun time. Um Okay. All right. Um, thanks, everybody. Other Minds and Hands definitely happening this week. That's on Thursday, not Wednesday. Um, so that'll be on Thursday at 4.30 this week. We'll have our first Thursday at 4.30 episode of Other Minds and Hands. And keep your eye out for the first episode of Rings and Realms prior to that. Okay. Um, let us, let me, go, I gotta, realized I forgot to put in my earbuds here. So let me put that in so we don't get any awkward reverb. Oh, hey, Rin, welcome. Sorry, I just, uh, Rin, good to see you made your first live class tonight. That's really cool. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Okay. Good evening, Valori. How are you? It's field good trip time. Good evening. Yay. Yeah. Uh-oh. All right. Yeah, let's go. Oh, yep. There we go. There, right. go. there we go. go. I had a little moment, but there we are. 
Okay. Excellent. Okay, so we are... Oh, I remember. We were looking at stone walls in the Undershire. That's where we were. Okay. Oh, did I lose you, Valori? Oh, dear. Oh, yes, and sorry. Um, uh, Karina Lars' daughter... I'm not going to be able to do Alice tomorrow. I'm going to be out tomorrow night. So yes, I'm not going to, we're uh, no Mythgard Academy tomorrow, um, but I'm hoping to be back at that again soon. This week is a busy week with all the premieres and screenings and stuff like that. Um, okay. Uh, hang on, but I think I've lost Valori. Uh, I'm, I'm oh, here. There you I, are. You're back you? now. Can you hear me? Yep, I'm back now. Okay. <laughs> There we go. All right. Good. Good. What do you got drops? All right. So we were, um, we're going back to the Undershire. So I guess we just start at No Bottle again. Let's do that. There we go. All right. Okay. Okay, so last time we were going to start sort of the cycle around. From no bottle did. again. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to start from no bottle. And let's head out to the stable master we found last time where we oh, discovered easy. the intriguing stone wall. Um, where, where, Where is that? Where are we going? Um, to Bull Roar's Way. Is that it? Yes, I believe so. Okay, Bull Roar's Way. Excellent. So, one interesting observation. I noticed that Aragorn seems to be one of the few people that Gandalf can, uh, you know, compliment with, uh, without any cynicism or snide remarks. Right. Without teasing? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think he's just reflecting. You know, I think that, that Gandalf, I mean, he knows, he knows that Aragorn is hobbitry challenged, right? Like, that is just, that is not... That is not um, Aragorn's dialect. Um, whereas, again, the fact that he is teasing... Notice he's, he doesn't make any comments about Gimli, right, or anything like that. Um, he's It's the hobbits that he's teasing, right, because he knows how to communicate with them. Okay. Where is this road? Sorry, what would you say? Uh, I, I took the wrong road. Oh, you took the wrong road? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. All right, so here we are. We're at the stable master by the old links. Let's head up towards Tyrehad up here, and we'll see if we can find... I suppose that's that, isn't it? Yes, it is. So there's the first thing to oh, notice. Gosh, that was a stable master. I didn't even think of that. No wonder I lost everybody. Oh, right, right, right. Ah. Yeah. Um, the first thing that we notice is that this is way up on a hill overlooking this, right? And so, mm -hmm. honestly, if, we can also see from the architecture, especially I'm thinking of the central dome here, this looks very old and numinous, um, rather than newer Arnorian, right? So I think that seen, this, yeah. yeah, I think that this must be, now we're going to have to go around quite a way, and is there, there's a path up here, isn't there? Right in through here? I think we can get up there. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So this suggests that this thing, my first... Well, 
there's kind of conflicting data on the one hand. On the one hand, this was clearly built in old Enuminous time, and I don't see strong walls around the edge, so it doesn't really look like a fortress, um, more like a pleasure palace on the hill overlooking the beautiful fields and forests. But, um, but at the same time, it is on a really defensible location, so maybe the de the defenses are so strong from that side that they didn't felt like they needed a large wall over there, though that sloppy castle building. Um, but okay, so here we are coming around from the front side. Well, the front door side, but not the... Oh, yeah, look at this. Sweeping stone steps headed up. Who, who's this guy? Who's a half-orc? Okay. Um... Sweeping stone steps heading up, that pretty much tears it, right? This is not a fortress. You'd want a drawbridge or something, right? <laughs> um, I mean, this stone staircase is not quite the bridge over the River Narog, but it's uh, similar in the sense of totally undermining the strategic uh, advantage, uh, you know, the tactical advantage of being up on this hillside. So... So yeah, clearly a pleasure home, a, a you know a, a, a like this is clearly like somebody's somebody's summer home here um, from Anuminous. We come in and we get these open courtyards around this central hall. <laughs> they do look like oh, half man, quest one. givers. I assume the quest is to start killing them, presumably. Yes. Yep. Man, I took the long way around. Here we go. <laughs> There we go. Did you make it in the end? Yes, yes. Oh, completed sites of Yondershire. That's fun. Oh. Yeah, I got that and also became friend of the Yondershire watch. Really? Oh, yep. yeah. Look at that. Somebody's attacking you? Uh, We've got some lobies with us. Yeah, so ah, they're, uh, they're just hitting anything that moves. Ah, we can't get in to the main hall. All right, so let's... I'm going to get off my horse so I stop staring at it. its uh, rump. Okay, so... so... You're saying there's no motor or anything, but, you know, we are pretty close to the river over here. You know, it's one of those things where it might the path might have changed over the years. It's possible. I mean, I certainly think that this could have been sort of more fortified as time went on. That is, later people in more, in, you know, more doubtful times, people could have you know, kind of forded up here. And that would be, mm -hmm. you know, very understandable because it's an extremely advantageous position. Um, even also, with the stairs, you can defend. Yeah, it's also extremely easy. old. And I get the feeling we're at the point where the river is old enough that it's now like very straight and stuff. So it means it might've been all curvy and meandering when this place was built. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I just... I want to see again if I can get a look over the side here and see if I can figure out if that might have been the case. Yeah, we're not that close to the river here. Um, but, um, yeah, okay, so let's go and see. Like, There's another great question, is like, how much is this set up to take advantage of the view? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. look at this. Look at this terrace here. Mm -hmm. Right. Terrace here with a little little lookout spot. Oh my goodness, the view! Mm -hmm. Gorgeous, right? So there's the beautiful hillside of the old links and the forest down below. Um, if you think about this from the point of view of old Anuminous times, the early days of Arnor, 
you were looking south over the untroubled frontier, right? This was, uh, um, there was not much that was, you know, in the Shire and south of the Shire. Um, yeah. East, northeast, are there towers in the distance? Okay, hang on, let me go to... Well, you got a lot of rocks and mountains east on the northeast. other side, too, which would make this a pretty good vantage point without being uh, attacked, with, while being fortified from behind. Right, yeah, okay, over here we do see those towers. That's, what are we seeing? Hang on. Uh, is that even, Tim? Well, we're looking right in the direction of Anuminus. Yeah, I'm just trying to think where that would be. Is that that weird pass, or is we? Oh no, we're closer to. No, um, that's Inuminous. That is Inuminous. That's Inuminous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Like Everswim. Well, that is an interesting reminder that we're much closer to Inuminous than it seems like. If you pull up the map of the Yondershire and look in the upper right corner, you can see the faint hint of the Inuminous Hills and the city itself in the corner faded in. Oh, over here. Right. Oh, very mm -hmm. faded. Yeah, wow, I wouldn't notice that. Mm. Okay, right. And then if we go to the Evendim map, yeah, we're cool. Now, these mountains, um, these mountains south of Anuminus, I thought that those were larger. I'm surprised we can see anything, but I guess there were some towers up on top of the mountains as well. Okay, but no, this is a good, a good reminder... Um, it is a good reminder that we are pretty close to Anuminous at the end of the day. But yeah, yeah, anyway, this is definitely a pleasure terrace. I mean, of course, it's all covered with nasty half-orc stuff right now. But yeah, you look at the, the <laughs> fountain and... Oh, it's just like the ones in Gondor. Yeah, with the, with the wings, yes. Swan wings, yeah. Exactly. And then you get to the back door of this great hall here, right? There's a little hobbit in a cage. Poor guy. Oh, man, there's a hobbit in the cage? Oh, yeah, there is. Hobbit in the cage. They like sticking hobbits in cage, don't they? Bounder Hawkwart. Oh, no. At least it's not okay. Bingo Boffin, that affable doofus, as Chris Pearson called him last week. Right, the affable doofus, yeah. Yeah, yeah at the games Gamescom. Hey, 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 thing. let me smirch my affable doofus, please. That's it. Pearson said it, not me. I know, I know. I, was, I, I like Bingo. Right. I anyway. want to smack him, but I like him. <laughs> right. So the point is, though, we're, when we were coming out of, you know, when back in the old days, when we would come out the back, the, the big back door of this, uh, of, this, of this hall, we come to the top of these stairs. There's a beautiful fountain with the, the view of the hills and forests behind it, framing it. And then we, you know, we come down and there's all these, I mean, I wish these tents weren't here. I bet the Hobbit in a Cage also wishes these half-orc tents weren't here. Um, Want to see the view? Yeah. Um, oh, wait. But this area where all of these tents and caged hobbits are, um, you know, would clearly be this, like, uh, I bet you they had a nice picnic table down here. Benches, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To, uh, it does feel yeah. like an old English country home. It you does. You into the back terrace or whatever. Yeah, yeah the only thing it's missing is, like, some topiary or something. Some peacocks. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And there might have been. I mean, there's not much in the way of lawns to grow topiary up here. Um, I'm guessing the topiary was down there, not all the way down the cliff, but down on the lower level. You could put it in pots. You could put it in pots. Yeah, it's possible. Um, or maybe a, a, a white tree. Right. They do have the white trees over, yeah, yeah, near the. Yeah, it, you, yeah, you can see there's uh, a little mimicking Gondor here. Or rather, pre. Pre anticipating yeah. Gondor, yeah. Anticipating, exactly. yeah. They like they like their uh, they like their courtyards and beautiful views, don't they? Right. Okay. And now we've got right beautiful sweeping staircase down to what would have been the little side park down here, right? Little side uh, park or lot, you know, maybe maybe a little bowling green over here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this would be a nice little place for bowling green. And then back out to the front, Thank we have this little um, this little outbuilding over here. Yeah. This little this little mm -hmm. side one, right? Yep. Which is probably I don't know what the uh, maybe it's where the uh, indoor swimming pool was. I don't know. Or the changing rooms for the. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. the changing rooms. Um, Hot stone massages. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now this was definitely a luxury place. That seems certain. Yeah, I, it kind of reminds me of the one that we saw when we were out in um, the the troll shaws, the one that the luxury palace that was on that big mountain looking over everything. With the yes, it didn't have a fountain. I think that was like the one thing it was missing, frankly. But that was another Arnorian leisure palace. Yeah, the one that was the the one that was pre root hour, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh man, the uh, half orcs in the heights quest is already reset okay wow all right so yeah so the first so of the so we're, we're we're going through and we're looking now at this ring of northern ruins right uh, tarhad up here barfarnoth barfaroth rather up there um ostlagaroth and then plongobel over there so we've got these four separate um ruins stretched mm -hmm. along the northern boundary of uh, of Yondershire. And remember, we already saw Tom Amathir, which is clearly a party spot, an elvish party spot, right? Yep. So that was an elvish party spot. This is clearly uh, Numenorian. This is clearly uh, uh, Arnor old Arnorian. And we'll see what we continue to find as we move around uh, and be able to get a sense of the of the more ancient history of the region, because as interesting as all of the Hobbit stuff was in the rest of Yondashire, now we definitely um, need to uh, get a, a longer term historical sense of things. So, um, uh, by the way, some people were asking me, like, hey, since we've gotten to Eregion and we're we're getting we're interacting with the uh, um, with the landscape again, are we going to go back to to Eregion? We sure are, um, but I'm going to wait till we get up in Karathras because um, it's only going to take us like two or three sessions to tour the parts of Eregion that I deliberately skipped because they're related to the narrative. Um, so Except for that one Lavern and Redhorn. Yeah, exactly. We got we we have plenty of time for that, so we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely get back around to that. Okay, next week another ruin. If we can get to it, we'll head up to we'll head up to that other one. So anyway, thanks everybody for joining us, uh, and uh, we will see you guys next week. All right, see ya. All right, bye. Bye.